to episode, what are we at, episode number eight now? You nailed it. Yep, that's eight. a perfect opening. Yep. It's been a while since we've been in the studio. Hi, uh, Joe Torty. How you doing? Joe Torty. Yeah. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. I've heard a lot about you. Yes, it is the uh, Stick to Hockey podcast. We are back. Uh, it's been a chaotic couple of weeks between vacation and kind of the hockey world going into hibernation for that month of August. Um, but we are back, and we are back for the season, baby. We're ready to get this thing cranked up once again. We're not uh, far off from the regular season. Training camp begins uh, in less than a week for a lot of teams. And uh, we're excited to be back on the Stick to Hockey podcast. Are you feeling invigorated and ready to go now? Well, you know what? I didn't know how it was going to be. But then when all of the feedback is out there, like, hey, where is episode eight? How come episode yeah. eight hasn't come out? I said, hey, you know, maybe both of the people out there who are listening to this thing, uh, you know, miss <laughs> us and want us to come back. So I'm, I'm fired up that we can get this one uh, launched out here today. Yeah, we're, we, we've uh, missed the interaction a little bit with the people uh, through the podcast. we got a few. Uh, let's take care of a few janitorial things real quick. If uh, you would like... To be a sponsor on this podcast, we would love to have you. Just send us an email to sticktohockeybiz at gmail.com. You can hit us up on that, and uh, we can work out uh, all the details and particulars. Uh, If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, we would love to have you. Uh, We're working on getting all the stats and all that stuff for you. So uh, certainly hit us up at sticktohockeybiz at gmail.com. Our Twitter handles, at Joe Tordy, J-O-E-T-O-R-D-Y. That's correct, right? Nailed it. All right. And and my Twitter handle, at Jason Mert, J-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. And the Twitter handle for the uh, podcast is? Uh, Stick to Hockey Pod. Okay, and the two is with the number two. That's correct. Yeah, and we've been getting a lot of followers on there, and we really appreciate everybody following. And we're going to look to add a little bit more in the uh, on wildfireradio.com uh, on the uh, message board to get some interaction going there. I've had a couple inquiries from people that uh, want to write for the podcast. And um, if you do want to do any of that kind of stuff, hit us up on the, uh, the, the email that I mentioned before, sticktohockeybiz at gmail.com. We want to grow this thing now. Now that we're getting close to the season, it's time to really maybe take this a little bit more seriously. We didn't know what we were doing in the beginning. Right, yeah. Well, we we still don't necessarily have all of it hammered out, but there's yeah. been something new that just came to my attention before we uh, we started rolling here. It's that uh, everybody likes free stuff, right? Yeah. That we're going to have some giveaways of stuff. Yeah. Equipment. Some other th- that you can be in the mix for all that kind of stuff, but the key is like Jason said, you got to be uh, not only following us on Twitter, but it'll be to our like key Twitter followers. So the more that you interact with us, the more that we'll interact with you. And everybody likes free stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, we're happy. Uh, uh, we're going to do some stuff along with the Flyers as well. Of course, that's our local NHL team, and uh, going to do some ticket giveaways and some uh, some maybe game worn equipment giveaways. I've been talking to the uh, the marketing department over there, Joe Heller and the, and his crew about. Doing Doing some stuff, and, and and while we're on that note, let me just tell you that uh, the Flyers wook, rookie game is coming up on Wednesday, and I hope you got tickets because it's going to be our first chance to see Nolan Patrick in the orange and black, which is oh, going to be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this kid on the ice. Uh, Carter Hart, Travis Sanheim will all be playing uh, full lineup of the Flyers' future on the ice at the Wells Fargo Center. And also, just a, a little note for everybody, coming up next Wednesday is a big day. All Flyers single game tickets are going to go on sale Wednesday, September 13th, and all October and November Flyers home game tickets will be available without fees on that day. So no ticket fees or none of that stuff. You're going to get your tickets. Just go to the Flyers website, philadelphiaflyers.com, for all the details. Now, today's episode, Joe... And uh, I've been working on this a while in kind of different pieces, but uh, today's episode is the Power Rankings episode. Nice. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the power. I've written up my Power Rankings. I do this every year. I want to probably tweet them out tonight as well. Um, but uh, we'll give the Power Rankings, and we'll go 
Uh, start at 31. We'll work our way to number one. When we get to the Flyers, we're going to take a little break because I did have a chance to catch up with Flyers captain Claude Giroux. And we'll give you a little conversation that I have with Claude, and then we'll go back uh, after the conversation, and we'll give the remaining power rankings. And uh, maybe some surprises in here. Uh, you, you had a chance to take a little peruse. Is there some surprises here and things you disagree with? You know what, Jason, with so many of these projects, it starts off so promisingly at the mm-hmm. very beginning. I, I'm like, man, I mean, Jason's really got this figured out. He's got a lot, a lot of good things here. Yeah. And, and then we get about halfway through, and things just fly off the rails. Yeah, so you, there need to be some adjustments. Yeah, you sent, you threw out the word, man. That's disrespectful to a certain <laughs> team. But we'll debate these. And obviously, if you're listening or and you see these tweeted out, and you want to debate them as well, and say, hey, man, you're an idiot for having blah 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 team at 19 or 20, or you're not showing that team enough respect. Certainly. Of the interaction as well. So let's get right to it here on the Stick to Hockey podcast, Joe Torty and Jason Martinez. And again, we'll talk to Flyers Captain Claude Drew coming up in just a couple minutes. So let's start at 31, Joe. Okay. And everybody would assume, oh, 31. The team's now a 31-team league. You got to put the expansion team at 31, right? Oh, so you did, right? I did not. Whoa. I put, well, I put the Vancouver Canucks at 31. This is a team that's uh, kind of refused to go through a rebuilding mode, and they're going to really pay the price this year. The Sedin Twins, another year older, and that's not good for these two guys. Uh, they're not going to be traded. They'd have to be traded, in essence. Well, this isn't completely truthful, but they together. But And nobody can take on those two guys. You can't break them up at this point in their career. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks will be in the running at the end of this season, Joe, for the number one pick in the NHL draft without question. Well, I, I had the Canucks right there with another team that you have near the bottom for the, the worst team, and I, I think they might actually be the next team. But this is almost like the paying the piper time. If you're going to take the league hostage, if you're the Sedin twins and say, we're only playing together yeah. from the beginning, and the Canucks take that on, this is what you're reaping at the end of it. It yeah. feels like a team that's kept the core together a little bit too long. And the big problem, Jay, is recognizing – when you're not a contender or, or failing to recognize that you're not going to be a contender, that's when you got to break up the core, and the Canucks did not do that. Yeah, and they fumbled a few things over the years since that Stanley Cup final with Roberto Luongo, and they end up trading Corey Schneider mm-hmm. and really not getting a great return. Now, Luongo obviously down in Florida. It's been a mess there, and it's kind of played all the way down to this, and right now they're the 31st-ranked team in my power rankings in the NHL. Number, thir- uh, number 30, how about the... Avs. I'm surprised you had anybody behind the Avs. Yeah, it was hard to do. I had to make a strong case to do it. But for some reason, this Avalanche team is still holding the rights and to Matt Duchesne. This has been, uh, Joe Sackick has just bungled this entire Matt Duchesne thing. I know he wants a lot in return, but NHL clubs are not stupid. And they know that this is an untenable situation, and Matt Duchesne has to be moved. The fact that he wasn't moved by the draft is a huge problem. They're going to try and enter camp with him. I saw some stuff from Frank Saravalli of TSN on Twitter that uh, Duchesne may not report to camp. They were abysmal last year. Of course, Patrick Waugh and that whole situation, how it played out. Uh, they're going to suck again this year. Uh, they will get less for Matt Duchesne than the Blue Jackets got for Ryan Johansson. I agree with you on that. They will absolutely get less. Yep, that's a great point. So uh, the Avalanche at number 30. Let's go to number 29. And this is where I have slotted the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, They had the expansion draft, and they got some talented players. They got James Neal. I didn't know they got Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, Calvin Picard in in goal. And they have some players that look pretty good. But it's, it's tough when nobody's played together. You're entering a camp. No chemistry. That'll have to be developed quickly. 
Uh, they're not going to be judged on winning and losing. They're going to be judged on how many people were in that barn initially. They'll get good and get good fast. You, guys like James are going to get traded during the season. That's their assets. That's how they're going to build. They're going to build through the draft. They're going to own next year's draft and the year after. So I got the, I got the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, although I like their uniforms. Sorry, 29th in the NHL. Okay, this might be a little bit low for my taste, only because of all of the reasons that you said. We've seen teams come into inferior teams' buildings and just totally take time off. Yeah. You, you, you totally say, they got oh, a yeah. great home ice advantage. There's well, no doubt about that's that. That's the other part of it, is that the other team's going to be up till 3 a.m. in the casinos and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a problem. They'll win more games than they should this year, but uh, yeah. probably right around 20. Well, you're going to see clubs, and I've talked to a few people about this and how they're going to handle Vegas. So if you're on a on a road trip and you're coming, say, from Colorado and you're going to play Vegas in your next game and you got two days or, God forbid, three days in between, do you think the team's going to fly out after that game in Colorado and go to Vegas and sit there for two days? No <laughs> chance in hell. That's absolutely right. You're either I mean, going home or you're or you're staying in Colorado and practice until the day before. Well, you know, I and the other thing is I worked in minor league baseball when these guys aren't making any money. Yeah. And you can't control them. There's no. no curfews or anything. So think about that. Blow that up to the NHL level when these guys are at the top of their professions really you're going to tell them to, to stay in and behave themselves come on yeah not going to happen rich young kids that play hockey like to go out and have fun forget it the news flash for everyone <laughs> all right let's go from uh to 29 and let's go to 28 and the buffalo sabers i was a little reluctant here i wanted to put the sabers higher but i just couldn't find teams to put uh behind them the Sabres have Jack Eichel, of course, and started off the year last year injured, and he could have a bust-out season. He is a dynamic player, but I just think this Rangers thing is still a mess, and uh, I just can't put him higher than 20, 28th right now. Well, you know what? The Sabres are one of those teams that it wouldn't shock me if they flip-flop with Vegas just because Vegas wins a couple more games than they yeah. are supposed to. But, I mean, the Sabres, there's nothing in the cupboard either. That's the thing. Yeah. Like You don't see any kind of relief on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Some of these other teams that are going to be in this range are like, oh, okay, you could easily see this getting better down the, down the road. Unless Eichel takes, like, Two steps forward. Yeah, it becomes it Connor be McDavid yeah, or, or exactly. Austin Matthews type. And the other thing, I don't believe in the goal thing. I don't believe in Robin Lehner. So I, I have him ranked there at 28, and I just can't see moving him up right now. They'll have to prove it to me first. All right, let's go to uh, uh, 27. This is where I got the Arizona Coyotes sitting right now. What do you think of the Coyote? Rick Tockett's the new head coach. Shane Doan finally retires. Yeah, taking a position now within the organization, and uh, he didn't like how things kind of were handled at the end. Uh, but Shane Doan, yeah, he's been there for 20 years, uh, finally retires. I got the Coyotes there. They lose Mike Smith this offseason. Uh, there's been some turnover there. They got some good young players, but I just can't see them pull it together right, now, uh, right away here. And also the, the arena thing's always hanging over this team. Right, so. yep. It's just a mess, and I don't see it changed under Tockett. Uh, obviously, Oliver Ekman Larson is the the one that you know that you can count OEL, on in terms yeah. of the uh, the young talent. They get the Duclair deal done, which actually is accelerated timing for what I thought it was going to be. I thought that could stretch a little bit closer yep. towards the start of the regular season. So they're trying to build from you know step one. I, I'm not confident in their ability to get anything done this year. Yeah, and and they have some good young players, Chickering, obviously, and. Uh, Ch- John Chike is taking a very analytical approach to this thing, a very young general manager, and we'll see if it pays dividends. If it doesn't, it turns around and bites you right in the keister. Uh, so that's number 27. Number 26, let's go to a team in the Metropolitan Division. They had the number one overall pick in this year's NHL draft. They took Nico Heischer. It's the New Jersey Devils coming in at number 26. I just can't find offense on this team. 
Well, and it's getting worse, right? The the Travis Zajac injury, he's yep. going to be out for a long period of time. We were talking before the show, there's no guarantee that they're trying to rush Hishier into the lineup at all, and maybe the savior doesn't even yeah. you know come up with the club until later on in the season. The Devils are going to have problems scoring. I actually do like them at the back end. I mean, we thought that Taylor Hall trade was terrible, and it ended up being pretty even for both teams. Yeah, it really helped. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, you take a look at what they've done. Hall hasn't been able to get the scoring started. The back end's been okay, even with the trade of Larson. I don't know. There, there's a lot of question marks on the yeah. Devils. I don't think that's a team that uh, teams in the Metro, Metropolitan Division stacked. That's a team you're not going to really have to worry a whole heck of a lot about, and I agree, early on especially. We'll see if he sure doesn't have a NHL body like Nolan Patrick does. Right. So there's no reason to rush him right now. We'll see if he ends up sticking with the club as the number one overall pick in the NHL draft. All right, let's go to number 25. And I got this is where I have the Florida Panthers. This is a team that, that two years ago was a playoff team. Things looked like they were really moving in the right direction. They decided to mess with the team's front office. They fired the coach last year. They didn't even call him a cab. Uh, drug land. It's just been a mess down there. No Yager. They have some talented players with Barkoff and Huberdo and uh, Trocek. And some good players there. But the, I just can't see this team getting together. Luongo, another year older. I, I don't have much faith in the Florida Panthers. I don't see a return to the playoffs. Where did the talent go? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like You lose Yager, you get smoked by the expansion draft. I yeah. think the losing March, is, they, they, I don't think they expected that. I think Vlad didn't have a great year last year either. Panthers could be worse. Yeah. Panthers could be three or four spots worse if things break the wrong way for them in 50-50 situations. Yeah, the Panthers could be the Panthers, what they always are. <laughs> right, exactly. Part, except for a few blips here and there on the radar. It looked like promising uh, for a while there, but didn't turn out that way. Number 20 Four, Joe. Let's go to the Detroit Red Wings. They'll open Little Caesars Arena this year. Out of the Joe. And last year was the first year they missed the playoffs in a quarter century. The Red Wings now are officially, under Ken Holland, rebuilding this thing. They got they got old and got old real quick. Well, that's what I was going to say. They're rebuilding, but they're also old. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like you're in a situation with Arizona or Florida where you're thinking, all right, if these guys who are young 20-somethings all come together, you're building something where you could say, all right, these guys are going to be good for a while. The window's closed. They've been a good drafting team, but none of their prospects are ready to go either. Yeah. I mean, so you're looking at, at Detroit – and thinking you're bringing in a new arena. There was something special about the Joe. Yeah. I mean, there was some like mojo there. The last of a dying breed of arenas. And, and I, I just don't know what Dylan Larkin is. You know, his rookie year was pretty, uh, uh, pretty sensational. And last year, you know, he kind of suffered a little bit of maybe what a guy like Gostaspare did, where the, the league kind of figured out his speed and how to play him a little bit. He's going to have to adjust. And if he's truly going to be a great player in this league, he's going to have to do some things. He might just be fast. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that you're might right. be it. You know, some guys can't mentally play as fast as they can physically move. Uh, let's go to number 23. This is where I've slotted the Winnipeg Jets. This is another team that uh, kind of confuses me. They've been so bad in goal. I think they were 29th last year in the NHL in team goaltending and team goals against average and save percentage is not good. They get Steve Mason. Is that going to help? Maybe a little bit. Uh, Steve Mason may be pretty good for them if he's not sharing the duties. They got a great uh, couple great first line talent, Patrick Line, Mark Shifley. Uh, they got some talent there. But I'm not. I just can't see the Jets right now uh, being a team that can uh, compete for a playoff spot. Well, you notice the list of offensive weapons didn't go very far. They're incredibly yeah. top heavy. They've got kind of one trick going on in terms of their scoring. 
And that's just a tough break for Steve Mason, right? You think about the microscope that he was under in Philadelphia yeah. in terms of the pressure. You go to the one place that there might be more pressure, and it's Winnipeg. They're so crazy yeah. there, and they've been looking for a goalie for such a long time. They you thought know, they had it with Hutchinson and Hellebuck, and it just didn't turn out. They didn't I actually like Pavlik. Yeah. I actually liked him. Yeah. No, they didn't. Yeah, and, and Hellebuck last year just was – I had him in fantasy, man. He was just a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> It's just not a good situation. No consistency. You know, yeah. like, and he does just enough so you're thinking, okay, I can start He teases him. you. Yeah. yeah. I can yeah. keep going. It's terrible. I, we always tend to lean a little bit goaltending on this podcast. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, let's go to number 22, and this is where I have, uh, I think it's a team on the come. They're building their defense. they got some good young players. It's Carolina Hurricanes coming in at 22. Sebastian Ajo, no one is talking about this guy when they talk about you know the, the best young players in the league. He might not be McDavid. He might not be Matthews. But when you're talking about a guy like Eichel, I don't think Ajo is that far away no, from where Eichel is right now. So, I mean, nobody's talking about Sebastian Ajo. And he came on as a rookie and started scoring right away. It looks like his game is translatable. It doesn't look like he's catching anybody by surprise either. Yeah, well, we'll see what they can do this year. Under Ron Francis, they just have not been great. Bill Peters, the head coach there as well. So we got the we got the Canes at 22. 21, this kind of pains me to say, but I got the Los Angeles Kings at 21. Oh, Boy, they no! Yeah. The fighting Jonathan Quicks are all the way down here in the double digits? Yeah, this team just, they make the coaching change. They go from Daryl Sutter. Now they have John Stevens in there. And they, and they do a kind of a unique thing, and they bring in Pierre Turgeon. It's like an offensive <laughs> coordinator. Like, what's going on? This is a new position in the NHL. Uh, they had trouble scoring goals. They got nothing out of the Lucic trade because he left. Uh, they're a big lumbering team that needs a little bit more team speed. Jeff Carter can uh, obviously still put the puck in that. And uh, Drew Doughty, as good as they come as NHL defensemen. But Quick is a little older, and uh, his numbers, frankly, over the past two years, largely injured last year, have not been that good. This is a team that's maybe t- decided to flip the switch a little late on kind of retooling. Well, both California teams that are ahead of them in the power rankings have done a good job of being big while maintaining that team's yeah. speed. The Kings haven't done that, and that's why there's such a big gap between even them and uh, the San Jose Sharks, who we'll get to in just a little while. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, let's go to number 20, and this is where I have a, a team that was in the Eastern Conference final last year, double overtime to go to the Cup. Unfortunately, they did not make it. This is the spot here for the Ottawa Senators. I know Eric Carlson to start the year. And if you don't have Carlson on that team, you in trouble. Well, there's no doubt. This is yeah. a team that's going to rise up the power rankings over the course of the season Very as, well Car- could. as Carlson gets healthy and yep. contributes. But to start, I mean, he drove so much for them. Drives all their play. Offensively, yep. defense. He is the key. There is no more important player to his team than Eric Carlson is important to the Senators. Yep, so I agree with that. They're in trouble to start, yeah. no doubt about it. I do like the talent that they have up front. They have more goal-scoring talent than a lot of people think. Like, Stone is one of those guys who's one of the best two-way forwards in the league that nobody talks about in terms of takeaways and things yep. like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and you got to get more consistency out of out of uh, Bobby Ryan as well. You oh, have yeah. to. I mean, he's just got to give you more. For the money. Yeah, number... Yeah, oh God. They don't even go into that. <laughs> His cost per goal is like $600,000 oh, per goal. terrible. Not a good number. Good work if you can find it. Yeah. Number 19, we're into the teens, and this is where I have the New York Islanders. Uh, they got a, they got themselves a big pickle and a big problem they're dealing with right now, and it's signing John Tavares. Tavares came out this week and said it's a lot. Th- this deal is a lot more complicated uh, in a negotiation than maybe a lot of people think. To me, it's complicated because I don't think he knows if he wants to be there. 
Well, and here's the how do you, I haven't heard him say he wants to be there. Have you? Well, no, I haven't. Yeah. And, and I, he said the things will work themselves out. And then Not, I want to be with the Islanders. And this is where I'm going to remain. And the timing of it is as soon as the team leaks something that says, oh, a deal's close. He's like, yeah, yeah well, let's pump the brakes here. Because yeah. the other thing is, how do you value him? Right. Yeah. He's a talented guy who is slow as molasses, not necessarily defensively responsible, really good playmaker, good How do you value that? You know what I mean? It's tough to dole out what that costs in today's NHL. Yeah, and we'll see if Gar Snow can figure this one out, but that's going to be a big anvil that hangs over that team for the entire season. And the Isles got a little hot at the end of last year, went on a run, but ultimately not getting there after being in the playoffs the year before. They're at 19. Let's go to 18. This is where you got the Boston Bruins and another team right now dealing with an RFA situation with Pasternak uh, scored 34 goals last year. Um, don't have him signed as of this moment. And uh, the Bruins look, Marsham was great last year coming out of that World Cup. He was great. Is he going to be able to give you what he gave you last year? I don't know. He's, he's not a young player. He hit his prime at an older age. How long can he sustain it? Uh, I, I want all the Massachusetts people out there to cover your ears when I say this. This Bruins core is over. They've yeah. run their course. They've maxed out as high as they can go. You're not going to get any, not any offense. I don't even believe in Rask guys. anymore. Yeah, Rask, Chara. Yeah. I mean, you've got Bergeron. Coaching changing to start the season now. Yeah, this core is done to me. This is a team that now needs to recognize that they need to break up and start building again. Yeah, we'll see what they can do under Bruce Cassidy. It'll be very interesting, but that's number 18. And number 17, here we go. We're getting close to that playoff kind of bubble, you know, top eight sure. teams. Well, number 17, here's where we have the Philadelphia Flyers slotted right now. I had them in the same exact spot going into last season uh, as a team on the outside of the playoffs looking in. That's where I have them now as well. going to be a big youth movement here. Um, you could see up to upwards of maybe six rookies on this team this year. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to come down to a lot, come down to goaltending and Brian Elliott and Michael Neuvert and how they have this tandem and how it works. But really what it's going to come down to is what can you get from the young guys what can you get from guys from Provorov and Konechny in year two? But let's look at the top line guys. Giroux, what's he going to give you when he comes back? This year, not coming off of surgery. What's Voracek? He's fully invested in this big deal, getting paid like an NHL superstar. Uh, Wayne Simmons, can he duplicate what he did last year? That's going to be what determines if the Flyers go to the playoffs or not. You need more from the top two guys. You yep. definitely need more from Giroux. You need more from Voracek. And to survive, to even stay afloat in the Metropolitan Division, you have to be faster than teams in every other division like if you needed to go from being one of the slower teams in the league which the flyers have been traditionally to one of the faster and how do you do that infuse youth you saw the pittsburgh penguins do that in their uh, playoff run Sheary, two Gensel, yeah. yeah unbelievable you just bring up kids you know yeah. what i mean and bring up some guys who have skill but are also fast flyers are gonna be a lot faster this yeah season. and we're gonna see how this kind of plays out for the flyers because uh, uh you know we're gonna see probably more in and hag and uh, I don't think that we're going to see Myers or Sanheim out of the shoot on the on the blue line. Uh, but up front, we're going to see Nolan Patrick. He's going to be on this team. He's going to be your probably second-line center. And then you're going to see Oscars Lindblom. They, I was talking to uh, a member, a high-ranking member of the organization, and they love this guy. This guy's development has been unbelievable. He's got great hands. He played with men uh, in the Swedish League, and he is going to be a major asset on left wing. Uh, I see top six minutes for Oscars Lindblom coming up this year. It's music to Flyers. Yeah, of course. That's music to Flyer fans' ears because there has been no, who's the next scorer? Who's the next winger who's coming up? If if Lindblom can be that guy, 
I mean, geez, anybody would sign up for that, especially if, like we said, Jay, that you're going to get contributions from your top-line center and right-winger. And speaking of your top-line center, Flyers captain Claude Giroux is now coming off a season where he did not have any surgeries, did play in the in the uh, the Worlds uh, after the season and had a summer to kind of prepare for a hockey season at 29 years old. So right now let's talk to the captain of the Flyers. Captain Claude Giroux joins us on the Stick to Hockey podcast. Claude, first and foremost, how has your uh, summer been? I know it was a little longer than you'd hoped, but uh, how was the summer for you? No, it was good. It was good to uh, uh, have some downtime. But, uh, you know, uh, when uh, usually when August starts, you, that's when you get the, uh, uh, the itch again. You want to go back on the ice, and uh, we're pretty soon here to, to camp, so we're pretty excited. You're at that point in the uh, in the off season now, where you know guys are starting to return. Uh, as you get kind of up there in years, you're you're approaching thirty years old. Uh, uh, do you get on the ice sooner, or do you try and maybe get on the ice a little bit later? Well, I kind of did it a little different this year. I uh, I went on the ice uh, a lot more this summer. I uh, kind of went back to the basics, and uh, you know it's uh, it was a good summer to uh, to not be able to uh, to rehab all summer and just being able to to kind of work out and try to get better. Let's talk about last season real quick. Uh, last season, uh, you guys obviously had the 10-game win streak. Things were going great and then kind of faltered after that and ended up missing the playoffs. But you personally last year, when did you kind of start to feel like yourself as a player uh, where your body would do the things that your mind kind of wanted it to do uh, coming off that double surgery you had the prior offseason? Uh, I'm not sure when exactly, but, you know, it was it was really frustrating, uh, you know, when when your mind wants to do something and your body won't let you, it's, uh, uh, you get really frustrated and, uh, you get on patient and you try to, to force it a little bit more. And, uh, but you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's a new season. That season's over with. And, uh, we're just looking forward now. One of the things that happened this offseason, uh, you caught some criticism from Jeremy Roenick uh, saying that uh, maybe you take things uh, a little too harshly upon yourself. Uh, when you hear kind of uh, those things being said, you're a guy who cares and is very uh, passionate about winning. Uh, how do you kind of take those kind of comments and how do you kind of move forward with those? Yeah, like, like I said, I mean, uh, I think he, like, J- Jeremy's been there before. He, know, he knows how it is and, um, you know, he he's kind of right. You know, I, uh, when something wrong goes, I kind of, I kind my, my mind kind of takes over and I start thinking a little too much. And when you think too much, you, uh, you don't really act the way you want to. So, uh, I think he, it, in a way it's, it's kind of relaxed and kind of let it take over, but, uh, it's kind of hard when it's not going your way. When you look at uh, your team last year, you guys were very good on the power play last year. You know, finishing uh, in the upper half of the NHL on the PP, the five-on-five five was an issue for you guys. Uh, for, for you as a player, uh, what is it about five-on-five five that you look at and say, well, here's maybe why we didn't have the success that we wanted to have? Because you had the talent on the ice. You saw that on the man advantage. But on the five-on-five, five, uh, where was kind of uh, maybe things not clicking and causing you guys to, to not have the success you need? Yeah, that's one thing we gotta look to uh, before uh, before the season starts. How we can be a better five-on-five team, and uh, I think our power play has been able to pick up the slack uh, the last few years. Our power play has been pretty good, so but if we can get that five-on-five going, I think it's gonna make our team a lot stronger. One of the questions always is, who's going to play left wing for Claude Giroux? Now, you've had a lot of guys uh, in that role uh, over the years. You've had Michael Raffle recently. You've had Matt Reed up and down the lineup. You've had just about everybody, Wayne Simmons, on that left wing. If you're kind of looking for the prototypical left winger to play with you, what is the, the skill set that you'd like to see out of the guy that you can really uh, you have good chemistry with that player? Uh, a guy that likes to score goals. <laughs> I don't know. We have a lot of players this year. You know, we... Uh, 
we have guys that can play uh, first line, like they can play third line. So uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be for us to look at uh, who has chemistry with who, and uh, if we can get that early, I think we, we're going to be able to have a good start. When you look at uh, some of the young players that uh, came up to the club last year, Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov, they both played uh, uh, significant roles for you guys, Provorov uh, a little bit more than maybe the Konechny did. But talk about the injection of young players into uh, a room and into the lineup and what that does for a team. Uh, you guys have a veteran core, uh, but adding some of these young players can certainly uh, add a different dimension to you guys. Yeah, we have uh, we have pretty much the same core as last year for uh, uh, for the veterans. But you know what? We look at uh, guys like Tiga. Uh, TK or uh, Nolan Patrick and uh, Oscar, who's uh, uh, who had a good year last year. I mean, there's a lot of players that can play a lot of position and play a lot of roles that uh, I think it's going to be this camp's going to be very important for us to see uh, um, uh, who's going to have what kind of role and who's going to play with who. And uh, there's a lot of questions to be answered, and uh, that's why I think camp is uh, a little bit more. Uh, interesting this summer uh this year yeah it's certainly going to be intriguing and uh the flyers rookie game will happen coming up next wednesday night at the wells fargo center it'll be fans uh first chance to get a see a look-see of uh, a guy like nolan patrick in that uh, flyers jersey down at the wells fargo center uh, when you when you heard the news that you guys won the lottery or not won the lottery but moved up from 13 to 2 that had to be pretty shocking we've never seen a jump like that in the nhl yeah like you said i think it's the biggest jump that uh nhl ever had so uh it's good that it's us but uh, you know, I, I remember being uh, uh, being in France, and when uh, when we heard the news, and I was with uh, Wayne, and I was with PK, and I was with Braden Shen and Couturier, and we were uh, we were pretty excited to, uh, 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 to to hear that news, and it's uh, it, it, it's going to be good for our organization. What do you know about Nolan Patrick? Uh, you, you don't follow Junior real closely when you're playing. You guys got enough going on, but uh, you know he's a highly touted player. Was uh, pretty much the the lockstep uh, number one overall pick until some of the injuries came in and the rise of Nico Hischer. But uh, what do you know about Nolan Patrick, and what does he bring to this club? Oh, he's a talented player, that's for sure. But uh, other than that, I know uh, I know as much as you do. So uh, I think which is nothing. Be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So camp is going to be very. Uh, uh, very fun to kind of know all those uh, young players and uh, make sure we uh, uh, we get to know uh, all, all of those players on and off the ice. So um, I think he's excited to be here, and uh, I think that's, that's a good start right there. Uh, we're talking with Claude Drew, Flyers captain. Claude, when, when you look at uh, you see the reports that maybe up to four or five, maybe even six rookies could make this club this year, let's look at some of the guys on defense. Uh, you saw uh, last year Sam Moran came up for a game, Robert Hag. Uh, assess their games. Sam Moran's such a big guy and rangy. Uh, what, what does he kind of bring to the table for you guys uh, back there on the blue line? Yeah, well, when you say we got six, six, seven rookies going to make the team, I, I, I think the difference about uh, the rookies that we're going to have this year, and and uh, and if you compare it to other rookies uh, in the NHL, I think those guys are ready for the jump. They're ready for the NHL, and uh, they're hungry. So you know what? It's going to be a competitive camp for uh, for to, to see who's going to make the team. And um, I mean, uh, per- personally, I'm really excited to see those kids play and get those young legs on the ice and. And I uh, get the putt going, so it's uh, uh, it's, it's going to be very uh, very fun to watch, and it's going to be fun to be a part of. Yeah, one of your power play uh, battering mates in uh, Braden Shen uh, shipped it off to uh, St. Louis in a draft day deal this year. Uh, he was a big part of your power play, uh, 17 power play goals last year. He's a guy that uh, really contributed in that regard. You'll miss him, but uh, it's an opportunity for somebody to step into that spot, no? Yeah, obviously Shen, uh, I think when he was put in that role, he uh, – uh, 
at the start, he was trying to find his role on the power play, and when he was able to kind of find his his groove, he was uh, he was really dominant. He was he knew where to go, where where to pass it, and uh, he was really fun to play with. So, uh, but but like I, but like I said, uh, this camp is about players trying to find their role, trying to find what they're going to do to help this team win, and uh, and that's that's a position that's really important for us. And uh, so whoever gets that chance, uh, page and uh, and for us to be successful on it. Uh, you're coming into uh, year three of the Dave Hackstall era here in Philadelphia. Uh, what do you like about playing in Dave Hackstall's system? And, uh, you know, as a coach and, and the way he deals with players, you're the captain of the team. You're kind of that liaison between the players and the coaches. Uh, how is that, that dynamic between players and coaches and, and playing under Dave Hackstall? It's good. It's good. You know, we, uh, uh, you can say if, if I see Dave Hackstall the first year and how he is now, it's, uh, uh, he's uh, – He's he's a really good coach, good communicator, always trying to find a way to, to for the team to to get better. And uh, you know what? It's uh, uh, we're all in this together, so uh, we're kind of enjoying uh, uh, being in the position we are right now. And uh, all we we're in a position to prove people wrong right now. So I think we need to embrace that and kind of be uh, uh, be excited about it. Claude, we're getting close to uh, when training camp actually starts. You guys will report on the 15th. Uh, games start soon thereafter, the preseason, the 17th. Uh, you know all the activity that happened around the NHL in this offseason. Your name was thrown around quite a bit as a guy, oh, is he going to waive his no-trade clause? Is he going to go to Montreal? Whatever it might be. Uh, how do you deal with that? Uh, you seeing your name out there and hearing these reports throughout the offseason. Do you just tune it out, or is it something that you just uh, you kind of laugh at? Uh, I tune it out. You know, it's... Uh... There's always going to be rumors that that's the business of it. I I completely understand it, but uh, not, I'm not planning on uh, leaving here anytime soon. So uh, you know what? It's uh, we have some unfinished business here, and uh, the team is going the right direction right now. And uh, and everybody everybody on this team is excited right now to kind of prove everybody that uh, we're a good team and we can be one of the top teams in the league. Do you feel like you have something to prove as a player this year? I think every year I do. I think. Uh, uh, obviously, the last two years haven't been uh, the season I wanted to be, but you know, like I said, uh, I'm 29 years old. I'm uh, I'm re- I'm I'm ready to to kind of play my best hockey, and uh, a lot of good things are going to happen. Well, Claude, we appreciate you taking the time uh, visiting the Stick to Hockey podcast. Preseason will get underway on the 17th, and uh, we'll talk to you up the road. It's going to be a, a fun year. It's time to get back on the ice, man. All right, thanks for having me. There he is, Flyers captain Claude Giroux getting ready for another NHL season and certainly looking to put up some better numbers than he has the past couple of years. We appreciate him taking the time, and we return now to our preseason power rankings. And here's where it gets interesting, Joe. Now we're in the top 16. Now let me give you the first, uh, the, from 31 down to 17 first. Uh, the Canucks we had at 31, the Avs at 30, uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights at 29, the Buffalo Sabres at 28, 27, the Arizona Coyotes, 26, the New Jersey Devils, 25, the Florida Panthers, 24, the Detroit Red Wings, not going to make the playoffs for two years in a row after going 25 years straight, 23, the Winnipeg Jets, the Carolina Hurricanes at 22, 21, the Los Angeles Kings, the Sens, who played in the Eastern Conference Final at 20, 19, the Isles, and 18, the Bruins, and we just left off with the Flyers at number 17. So let's go to 16, Joe. This is where I have slotted the Calgary Flames. Now, what went into this selection for Calgary? Why this spot? Well, they came in the last year, and Johnny Gaudreau was dealing with that restricted free agent contract issue, didn't report to camp on time. I just think this is a team that's ready to rise up. I think the two teams out there, Edmonton and Calgary, kind of rising together, although Edmonton may be a little quicker with higher-end talent. But I look at this Calgary team, and I say this is a team that's going to be a bona fide playoff team. They had a 10-game win streak last year 
at the end of the season as well to get into the playoffs. They've learned how to win. I think this is a team that's on the comp. Really enjoy Calgary's style of play. We talked about teams that rely on youth and are having that play out in a big way in terms of taking the next step forward in their progression because the young guys on the roster play well. You saw that a little bit last year from Calgary. You're going to need to see that more because I just don't know how much better they got from last year to this year. They need to definitely show the guys that they have have improved enough to move up in the power rankings. Yep, okay. That's Calgary at 16. At number 15, I've put the St. Louis Blues in at number 15, and, and really for a couple of reasons. One, because I think Jake Allen has grabbed that spot, grabbed the blue paint, and he, he showed me something last year in those playoffs. He was phenomenal, and that's a big part of it. They add Braden Shen, who will help them on the power play, and a big body for them. We'll see how Shen decides to play night in and night out there, but uh, I have the Blues at number 15. I love the Blues moves this year. I don't know how much higher I would put them than 15, but I think they were a team that recognized that they had strengths on the back line and needed to shore up the front line, even losing Shattenkirk, being able to deal him and get something for him before he just walked away yep. and did what we all knew he was going to do anyway and join the Rangers. I love what the Blues did in the offseason. All right, number 14. This is where I have the San Jose Sharks. They had no Patrick Marlowe. Marlowe is gone after a gajillion years in San Jose, his whole career there. He is now in Toronto. The Sharks, uh, despite having Brett Burns, who's a great player, uh, obviously won the Norris last year. I just think this is a team a little bit on the slide, a little long in the tooth. Joe Thornton obviously played uh, like a warrior last year oh, yeah. with that injury. But this is a team that I think is starting to get on the slide a little bit. They're going to have to find some goal scoring. Who's going to give it to them? Is it going to be Hurdle? Where are they going to get the goals uh, for the uh, uh, the San Jose Sharks? Well, goal scoring is going to be a challenge. Yeah. But Martin Jones has done a nice job of keeping them in games that they've had no business being in. It, you've seen Brett Burns just deliver howitzers from the blue line and go off posts and off legs and stuff and in. There, you remember Jonathan Quick having to win a lot of one nothing games in order for L.A. to win anything five or six mm-hmm. years ago. There's going to be some of that, I think, for San Jose Yeah, we'll year. see if Martin Jones can handle that kind of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. At number 13, and this is maybe where you and I disagree a little bit, I have the Montreal Canadiens. The Habs come in at 13. You are out of your mind. Yeah, well, they signed Carey Price to the huge extension. They had to do it. I get it. And it's going to hurt them eventually. But uh, they make the trade. They get Jonathan Drouin uh, from... Um, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they trade Sergeyev to get him. Good young defenseman. This team got a couple problems here. I, I, I love Shea Weber. They got a couple problems here, and it's all up the middle. They have no centers on this team. I just don't see, with the importance of the center position in today's NHL, how this team can be ranked much higher than that with being so thin at center. They lost Radulov. They lost some good players, and I don't know that Carey Price can bail him out, bail him out night in and night out. Well, I mean, you brought up the centers, and that's true, but so much of what the centers do in today's NHL is playing that two-way game and relying on your center to be your third defenseman. Having a guy like Carey Price in place almost gives you the luxury where your limited centers can focus more on the offensive game. You have the, the back line solidified. Let's you play a different way, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, it lets you play a little bit differently. I'm with you on Shea Weber. That's going to hurt them down the line. Yep. Not this year, though. You know, they'll be okay with yeah. it. It's the same thing with Carey Price. I, I am shocked that you have the Habs outside the yeah. top 10. And you know how much I value goaltending, but uh, yeah, I, I couldn't put them any, uh, any higher than that in my preseason power rankings. We'll see if I'm the idiot or if I'm a genius. Uh, number 12, team that was in the Stanley Cup Finals. Unfortunately, they lost. It's the Nashville Predators. You've got to be kidding me with, with the Predators at 12. Well, here's why. 
Pekka Rene, another year older, was inconsistent last year, Was didn't have a great regular season. By the way, the Predators got into the playoffs as the worst playoff team last year. Uh, they got hot in the playoffs, and they went on a run. Any team can do it. We've seen it happen in the NHL. We see eight seeds go to finals and, and win finals in the NHL. I just don't see how the Preds can sustain. Ryan Ellis is going to be out for an extended period of time. i got to consider that. Yeah, I have to consider that. Uh, they, look, they still have some great defensemen. Roman Yossi, obviously P.K. Subban still there. They lose their captain in Fisher. Uh, we'll see how Johansson comes back. I just can't put the Predators higher than that, and I think it's a little bit— I put them there, too, because there's a little bit of toll in playing all the way into mid-June and then losing. Well, there is. There's always that post-Stanley Cup hangover. But, I mean, that shouldn't reflect to me in the power rankings. I mean, you talked about... Well, i got to consider what the team is at this moment. <laughs> well, look, you replace Mike Fisher with Nick Benino. That's yep. an upgrade any way that you measure it, except maybe the impact in the locker room yep. and the number of Carrie Underwood appearances on TV, right? <laughs> Those right. are the two areas where maybe it's down. They backed into the playoffs or, or sneaked into the playoffs or whatever. Not every team that sneaks into the playoffs demolishes the top team, the top overall yeah, they, seed they, in the they playoffs. They swept the Blackhawks right out. You're right. Couldn't score on them. So yeah. I, to, I I don't know. Outside of the top five for me is a little bit odd for the Preds, I think. Okay. I may, may be off on that one. We'll see. Uh, at number 11, I've got the New York Rangers. Okay. Now, the Rangers are a team to me that's starting to age. And it's starting to show they've traded so many picks over the years. They just don't have – obviously, getting VC the way they did was a, a big uh, get for them. We'll see what VC can do this year. But again, you got to go between the pipes. What can Henrik Lundqvist give you at this point in his career throughout an entire NHL regular season? I'm starting to see the wear and tear on the King. I think the Rangers are a, a, a step back year for them. Well, the do you we- agree with that? I, I do, actually. I, I think about the Rangers and their style that they've played in the past under John Tortorella. And stylistically, it hasn't changed all that much yeah. under Elaine Vigneault in, in terms of wanting to block shots and things like that. The problem is you keep signing all of this high-octane offensive talent and then ask these guys to come back and block shots and don't do what they do on the yeah. offensive end. And then you rely on the power play. You didn't have a power play quarterback. Now you have one, Kevin Shattenkirk. They could take a step forward. I always feel like the Rangers are like kind of put together with, like, spit and duct tape. I never yeah, know what are. to think of this team. I mean, if you remember last year, they got out of the gate. They were scoring goals at an insane clip, five goals a night. It right. was insane. Yes. I don't know if they can duplicate that this year. Rick Nash, another year older as well. All right, let's get into uh, the top ten. And here's probably a big shocker for a lot of people. Uh, I looked at a lot of other power rankings, and kind of, and I see this team showing up anywhere between 18 and 22. But this is where I move the Dallas Stars up to number uh, number 10. They're a top 10 team right now. After the year they had last year, what got better? I mean, they had Radulov, right? That's like the big addition. But you got to remember the year before that, they were a team vying for the President's Trophy and won the Western Conference. Well, I, I get it. But so not much. They a lame duck coach and Lindy Ruff. Well, so what's and changed? And no goaltending. Uh, well, that's well, what I'm goaltending. asking you. you. You're confident in the goaltending situation well, there's three, now. There's three things. You, I think you're going to get a huge year, a proven year out of Ben Bishop. Yep. And I think that in that same vein... The addition of Ken Hitchcock can't be overlooked. I think Ken Hitchcock will, when he immediately comes to a team, they get immediately better. Now, eventually he starts to lose his voice in the room, but Ken Hitchcock will change this team. They will be better defensively. They will be better in the net. Jamie Benn will have a a much better year. 
This is a team on the rise. Still got Tyler Sagan. They got healthy. This is going to be a good team this year. And I say look out for the Sharks. Okay. Or, or the, the Stars. Uh, stars. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the first like minor upset, like big time upset. Yeah, of the that's power a big rankings. move for me. Yeah. yeah. I went on a limb on that. We'll one. keep an eye on them. All no right. doubt about it. Number 10. Another team that was uh, young last year, shocked a lot of people, made the playoffs. This is where I had the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nine, right? Yep. Number nine for the Leafs. Uh, obviously, Austin Matthews had an all world year, 40 goals last year. Mitch Marner, yeah, Nylander. You have all these great young players. I don't love them between the pipes. They do have the best coach in the sport. Uh, this is a really good team. They're going to make the playoffs. I just can't put them ahead of the top nine right now because I just got higher pedigree teams that are there that showed me more over a period of time, although some of them might be sliding. I got the Leafs at nine. Now let me ask you a question because you haven't mentioned... I love watching them too, by the way. You haven't mentioned the Oilers yet and they're a team <laughs> that I draw comparisons with the Leafs all the time because of the way that they've young compiled core. their young core exactly. Mm-hmm. What separates a team like Edmonton that still hasn't been named and is ahead of them in the power rankings versus a team like Toronto? Uh, a part of it is the, the way they play team defense and when we get to Edmonton I'll tell you why because they're, they went from like 28th in the NHL in uh, team goaltending to fourth. Yeah. I see that. I go, ooh, okay. <laughs> and not only that, but look, Austin Matthews is a great player. Uh, he's no McDavid. But he's not McDavid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's, All right. That's fair. Look, Canadian, Canada, fans in Canada, Hockey Night in Canada is set for the next decade. <laughs> Seven o'clock every Saturday night in Hockey Night in Canada, you're going to have the Leafs. For the and, record, I'd have the Leafs a little higher. Yeah, and you're going to have Austin Matthews to watch every Saturday night at 7, and then the 10 o'clock game every week is going to be Connor McDavid. Mm-mm-mm. Not Tasty. bad. Yeah, and, and look, Canada's back on the map big time after a couple of years ago, no Canadian teams making the playoffs. Yeah, you have Ottawa going to the Eastern Conference Final. Yep. You got these two teams on the rise. They're fine. Calgary oh. as well. Sorry, Vancouver. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so let's go to number eight, and this is where I got the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't know what to make of this team they lose Panarin uh they get Brandon Saad back that's a good thing they do they're in a situation where they have Taves and Kane eating up a lot of cap space Crawford still Duncan Keith uh Seabrook uh they got swept in the first round they've lost in the first round the last two years in the playoffs hate the trade for them hate it because yeah. Brandon Saad can't comes back right and you're thinking that that's going to maximize what you can get out of Jonathan Taves Jonathan Taves had his best offensive years when Brandon Saad was there with them but that electricity with Kane and Panarin, you're yeah. not going to duplicate that. I think that it, at this point, I think it goes without saying that Patrick Kane's the top player on the Blackhawks. Yeah. You're taking away what he does well by removing his running mate. I don't like that trade for Chicago. Yeah, I don't either, but they couldn't fit it. Uh, number seven, we got the Minnesota Wild. They're going to score goals. Bruce's teams always score goals. And they do, yeah. And they're going to do it again. They faltered at the end of last year. He's got to get it done in the playoffs, but... I don't think there's really much to say about the Wild, but they're legit. They just are who they are. Yeah, they're a good, solid team. Devin Dubnik, nice job out of him. Uh, Number six, a little bit of a slide here for the Washington Capitals. They lost a few guys, obviously, this offseason. Justin Williams. Uh, This is a team that none of this really even matters for them. It's a show-me-in-the-playoff type thing. I don't know, man. They might be done. Their window might... They've had two really good chants the last two years. They're not better this year than they were last year. There's no way. that Last year might have been their year for sure, and they could have had it the year before that. The Caps are another team like the Bruins. I think this core might have maxed out. Yep, I agree with that, and they're going to have nothing to show for it other than a couple of President's trophies. Uh, Number five, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, the Lightning didn't make the playoffs. They're going to win the Atlantic Division, by the way. 
The Lightning are going to win the division. They're going to win that division. Oh, boy. Yep. There's a lot of unhappy people there, man. Everybody in, in Tampa is always worried about money yeah. and their contract. They, they can never get that sorted out. Every yeah. single young well, Stevie Y runs a tight ship. That's what it is, I guess. I don't know, man. I, every time we turn around, we're looking at Tampa Bay, and it's either Tyler Johnson or Steven Stamkos or Kucherov or somebody's upset about their money. Well, if Stamkos can stay healthy, this team will be will win that division. And Vasilevsky's got the job. He knows it's his going into camp. That, that's going to be a damn good hockey. It's got a nice helmet. Glow-in-the-dark yeah. lightning. It's I a saw beautiful that. thing. It's beauty. Uh, number four. We're in the top four now. This is where I have... What, do I, what did I write there? You can't even read Hold that, on, can you? Oh, no, I got it. That's Anaheim. Uh, that's the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> Anaheim could have went to the cup final last year. Yeah, good team. Yeah. Really, really good team. And they've done a nice job of reloading with the young town that we talked about and adding to the guys that you already have in the core and prolonging their prime. Yeah, and, and don't forget what Getz left in the final month in the playoffs this year. He is legit. I know he's up there in years now, uh, but uh, Getz left still can get it done. They get a little bit more out of Corey Perry. We'll see if that happens. John Gibson, I don't mm-hmm. love... I love. I like him on occasion. I just need more consistency of the goaltender. And he's a young guy who you need to like grow into from being like a young. Pro- it feels like Gibson's a prospect still, doesn't yeah, it? it? Like does. you don't know what you're getting from him. You need him to turn into your legitimate NHL veteran starter. Yep. Number three. Now we're to the top three. Joe. This is ridiculous. I have the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, you and everybody else, Blue Jackets. How could you not the put them there? How? I mean, because <coughs> such a huge piece of at least as far as I could see what the Blue Jackets did was having Brandon Saad there creating space, driving play. I don't know what Artemi Panarin... forget about Cam Atkinson? Well, look, he's a nice player. They're all-star. Like, I totally get it. But what I'm saying is that I don't see how Artemi Panarin fits in with this team's style of play at all. Is he a heavy guy? No, but you need a little bit of that dynamic player to add to this team. Warinsky in year two... I mean, he just blew people's minds last year. Well, you get that, too. There's no doubt about it. Wierenski's one of the best young players in the entire league. It's just you look at the recent success of teams, they load up on style. Like, yeah. there hasn't been a blend, right? The, the yeah. Penguins did it with speed two years ago, driving possession this year. The Capitals have done it by being a big, heavy team that's got a lot of skill. There, there's not a whole lot of mixing and matching and saying, hey, here's a little bit of, uh, of sizzle and here's a little bit of thunder. You haven't seen that work out. That's why I don't know about Columbus. I, I would have gone big. If I were Columbus, I'd be trying yeah. to get Ryan Reeves and like those kind of guys yeah. to continue to stack it up. I don't know, man. Well, I, I think they're going to be a team, and I'm always a believer in John Tortorella. I love the way he coaches, yep. and I love the way his teams play for him. Uh, number two, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, both locked up. You don't have to worry about that, people in Edmonton. You're in good shape for a long time. Crosby won a cup in his third year, so why can't Connor McDavid? They're coming for the crown. Yeah, fact is, he can. Yeah, yeah, he can absolutely do it, especially if Cam Talbot is able to do what he did for most of last season. He yeah. did falter a little bit down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's from really shouldering a full-time load for the first time in his career. And obviously all of the excitement up front that Edmonton's uh, got rolling on and everything like that. But yeah, you got Maroon, you got Lucci, you got some, Yeah, there's some talent on this This is team. a team built for major success, and they're going to get it. And they're going to be the team that ends the uh, Canada drought of the Cup. Uh, they could get it this year. And number one, Joe, I hate to say it, but you got to give props where the props are due. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, why do you hate to say it? This is a, a totally unbiased, I, objective podcast. Yeah, and you know I don't. I don't hate the Penguins. Uh, I love watching them play. Here's the fact of the matter: Connor McDavid, the second best player in the NHL. Yep. Because Sidney Crosby is not ready to hand it over. He is still the best player in the world. Back to back cups. 
You got the, the, the best 2C in the NHL in, in Evgeny Malkin. You got a good young goaltender in Murray. Somehow they won that cup last year without having uh, uh, back on the, on the blue line. They're the best defensemen. You, you could watch them play in the playoffs, and you were like, man, the Penguins stink this year in yeah. relation to that. La- and they won the cup thanks to those two guys. Yeah. You know, Phil Kessel, by the way, everyone was like, oh, what happened to Phil Kessel? He had almost the exact same numbers as he had the year before when everyone was calling for the, uh, the Conn Smythe trophy for yeah. him. So yeah. it was interesting to see the way that they followed it up. It was a team effort really two years ago. Last year it was so top-heavy for the Penguins. They still got it done. Edmonton's coming, but Pittsburgh's still there as we begin this. Yeah, season. when you had a guy like Jake Gensel, I'm sorry. The, the, <laughs> the guy, if you extrapolate his numbers, they're just fantastic from the AHL into the uh, Porsche, uh, partial season in the NHL and then his playoff numbers, forget it. And he got so unlucky in the playoffs. Too. Oh. Think about how many empty nets and posts and crossbars he yeah. hit. He's going to be trouble if he keeps that up. Yeah, look out for Gensel. Look out for the Pens once again. So there's, there's the power rankings for you. The top uh, 16 teams, the Flames, Blues, Sharks, Canadians, Predators, Rangers, Stars, Leafs, Blackhawks, Wildcaps, Lightning, the Ducks, Blue Jackets, Oilers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins round it off. So there you go. Power rankings for the preseason. We'll kind of go through these as the season goes on as well. Joe, it's been fun. We appreciate everybody listening to episode number eight of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Give us a rating on iTunes. Been a lot of fun, and we'll be back next week. What do we have in store? We don't know yet. We'll figure it out. Yeah, this is going to be a, a lot more consistent. We appreciate everybody's uh, patience with the breaks, and if you've been keeping up with things in Philly Sports Talk Radio, there's been a lot of stuff going on. So no uh, we're, we're excited to get back into it, and uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. We'll do it again, and uh, thanks, everybody, for checking out the Stick to Hockey podcast.